Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast, where we discuss getting strong and healthy with strength training and sustainable nutrition. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and in each episode, we examine strategies to help you achieve physical self-mastery through a healthy skepticism of the fitness industry and a commitment to consistent nutrition and training for sustainable results. Welcome to another episode of Wits and Weights. Today's a first for the show because we're doing a coach's roundtable with five other amazing people in my inner circle whom I would consider friends at this point, and they are out there making an impact in people's lives. These incredible men and women include active and aspiring nutrition coaches and personal trainers, and each of them has a unique perspective on health and fitness. They agreed to come together despite being in different time zones. We've got folks in the morning, in the evening, middle of the day, all around the world, and they're going to share their experience and expertise to help you thrive and achieve physical self-mastery. After all, that's the mission of this podcast. It's why I'm constantly looking to bring on experts like these who share that mission, even if we use different paths to get there. We'll be covering nutrition, training, women's health, navigating social situations, tracking your food, endurance sports, and ultra running, how to be more consistent, and longevity, just to name a few, assuming we get to all of those. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce everyone, and then we're going to dive into the questions. So I want to give each coach a chance to kind of take the floor, starting with Elaine Tarbell. Elaine, how you doing? Good, thank you. So Elaine is from Oskaloosa. I pronounced that right? Oskaloosa. Oh, I knew I'd get it wrong. It's, it's near Des Moines, Indian right? Name. Des Moines, Iowa? It is near Des Moines, yep. Okay, Oskaloosa, Iowa. She's a personal trainer, gym owner of Tarbell's Barbells. Gotta love the name. And she's a nutrition coach. Elaine uses her experiences and knowledge to help other women achieve their goals in a kind and compassionate way. And she specializes in women's health, both through nutrition and weight training. So again, Elaine, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Philip. I'm very excited to be here. And so am I. It's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, moving on, there's, there's six of us, uh, but I don't have to introduce myself. So we're going to next go to Michelle Mo, And I might be calling her Mo during this conversation because we actually have two Michelles with an E on the call today. <laughs> Uh, Michelle's from Charlotte, North Carolina. She's the owner and head coach of Mo Stronger Nutrition and Fitness. They teach people how to eat foods they love, lose weight, feel great, maintain it for life, and she helps people navigate the aging process with positive results. Michelle, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. All right. Our third coach today is Aaron Cartridge from Brisbane, Queensland, Austra in Australia, right? Uh Aaron is a nutrition coach with a passion for endurance sports. Uh, he helps aspiring ultra runners sift through misinformation in the sport and maximize their performance. Aaron, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. Good to finally have a conversation and uh, meet up. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And uh, maybe we'll have a chance to talk about all those lives you've been doing huh, on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is Michelle Clark, who currently lives in Florida, but she's originally from Brazil. She's a fitness and nutrition specialist helping women of all walks of life to learn how to nutritiously and peacefully achieve and sustain their fitness goals. I want to say that peacefully because it already is calming me down, Michelle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michelle, I'm so glad you were able to come on the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. No, it's, it's going to be great. Um, and then let's get to our final uh, coach of the, the evening or the morning. Last but not least is JC from Inverness in the Highlands of Scotland, which I understand is 
is the the mouth of the river that's connected to Loch Ness that we all know about, right? There you go, man. And and JC may even show off his attire for you at some point if you're watching the video. We'll see. <laughs> so, it's a must. It's a must. Yeah, we, we people are like, what are you talking about? You'll see. Just think Scotland, you know what I'm talking about. No problem. So all right, so JC is a health longevity and nutrition student who dabbles in biohacking and holistic healing. He explores why in our ever-developing world, we're going backward in terms of mental and physical health, and he helps people with their longevity goals. JC, thank you for coming on. That's me. It's good to be here, man. Good to finally meet (laughs) y'all. Yeah, this has been fun. We had a whole conversation before recording this, and I think people listening are going to get a ton from this because every single one of us is so unique. We all have something different different to uh, bring to the the nutrition space, and we're chatting all the time and helping each other help our clients. So that's how we grow. Um, I'm going to start with Elaine with the first question, and then we'll give everybody a chance with with at least one question to start, and then we can just kind of go back and forth. Um, Elaine, I understand most, most of your clients, they, uh, have stressful lives, right? They struggle to get out of the mental space, get out of their heads. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are also stressed out. Mm. How can people take care of themselves? How can they build that confidence to achieve their goals? Yeah, I, that's a really good question, actually. Um, I think, uh, just kind of reiterating what you said, people, especially women, they're so used to taking care. Like if you have children, they're so used to taking care of their children and meeting everybody else's needs. There's a lot of people pleasing. Women are kind of ingrained to take care of everybody else before it's taking care of themselves. So when it comes time to taking care of themselves, there's a identity crisis there. There's like this, I don't know how to do that. And, um, you know, when you become an adult, you don't have parents to tell you how to do those things anymore. So a lot of times I feel like in coaching, um, women, there's a lot of like, I have to almost be their mother in a way like, well, did you go outside and go for a walk? Did you eat breakfast? (laughs) Did you drink any water today? (laughs) Like, have you done the basics? Um, and sometimes we're like, oh Yeah. And it's, it, it, you know, sometimes we get so stuck up here and we're overthinking the process. We think we've got to do this 90 day fix. We've got to do this cleanse, this detox. There's all this, um, you know, social media bullshit. Oh, are we allowed to swear? Go for it. It's fine. <laughs> right. there, as long I as you don't hit the threshold, the we're good. Just uh, certain words, you know? Go ahead. You know, there is so much crap out there um, that is being shoved down our throats and we have to be a size zero and we have to be able to get the kids this nutritiously perfect meal all the time. And meanwhile, we're neglecting ourselves. So sometimes it's just a matter of coming in and just saying, hey, are you getting those basic needs met? Because if you're not, then we need to start there. You know, the thing you mentioned at the beginning resonated with me, how people are missing the parent figure and that's what they need. I mean, how often do we even reach out to somebody who is close in our lives, who isn't even our parent for support? It probably rarely happens and you can be that person for them, right? You can be someone that they don't have an emotional attachment to. And, you know, I know I, I look at it as I can mansplain and get away with it with my clients because they're asking for help. They're asking for information, you know? Um, so what are are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, no, I, I, um, I actually kind of had this, I guess, you know, like on one of my walks, I had this conversation with myself about it. Like, um, I, I don't, 
I didn't have parents that were there to guide and instruct me. They were just sort of like living in the moment and they've, you know, they've, they've not been good role models, I guess you could say. And when I became a parent, it was my absolute determination to be a better mother than what I had experienced. Um, and I have found that in my own struggles, I, you know, there's times where I still grieve that loss of a parent, not just because maybe they're not here on this earth is neither here nor there at this point, but um, just that uh, emotional connection to someone that would guide me to becoming a better person and having that deep desire within myself and seeing um, so many people are disconnected from who they are and from having someone to look up to. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like coaching is very similar to being a parent. You have to set boundaries and expectations and you don't have like this, like you have to meet this expectation, but you have to have some kind of an expectation for, for uh, your clients and they have to be able to willingly reach for that in order to feel like they can make some kind of gain and success, not just physically, obviously, because we're all here to help people achieve some kind of physical um, fitness, but also to achieve some kind of mindset and mental um, growth. Yeah. And isn't that such a huge part of this for a lot of people really really is. is about mindset and consistency and accountability. Cool. So um, the format of this show today is, is a little awkward because I'm going to kind of jump from person to person instead of the continue on that flow because I could probably ask you 10 more questions, Elaine, but we'll come back to it. I'm sure you're okay getting the spotlight moved off yes. for a bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if anything resonates with anybody that's really strong, just jump in, even if it is in this first round. Um, and if you want to comment, feel free. I do. There's something Michelle. that I want to add yeah, to that. Please. I, um, In a nutshell, what Elena was saying uh, usually what I tell my, my clients, especially uh, parents, I always tell them, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Absolutely. You cannot teach, you cannot lead unless you're doing it. We lead by example. So uh, we have to be the role model so that we, and that's how we influence people, right? It's not by telling them. I can tell you for sure. It's not by telling them, you got to yes. do this. <laughs> In coaching, obviously, it's a little different, but um we, but we also do what we preach, right? So in, in, we are influencing. So yeah, we cannot pour from an empty cup. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> That's great. And don't you find that being a coach is its own form of accountability, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Oh yeah. It, it almost makes it, I don't want to say makes, it makes the whole thing easier, but you just have dozens or how, hundreds or followers online or whoever's following you, holding you accountable and you've got to act the part. So. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> So everybody who's listening, you know, maybe they want to become a coach. Okay. So I'm going to move on to Mo. Michelle, how are you doing? Hello. Um, that, and, that was great. I just want to say to yeah. Elaine, answer that very well. You know, one thing I may just add right before, just before you asked me what you were going to ask me, sorry, is, you know, it's, it's how we talk to ourselves sometimes too. I think it's easy to talk to ourselves in a different way in our head than we would maybe a friend. Right. Um, so to make that shift toward the way we speak to ourselves in light of our weight loss or what what we're doing toward our goals, I think to make that shift, and it takes time, it, it takes practice to get to that point where you tell yourself that you can achieve these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. Now we can we can continue on that. Mo, if you want, Sorry. or we can. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's the thing. Ask, this is, uh, ask away. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, 
uh, there are a lot of little situations we're going to cover here that I think the listener be curious about how to deal with. And one of those, a common struggle that, um, that you've talked about is navigating social situations, right? And how do you help clients enjoy their lifestyle, right? Because that's, we talk about that all the time, especially we came up through NCI. We talk about periodization. We talk about sustainability and not restricting in all of those. So how do you help people enjoy their lifestyle yet you know they still have to achieve this goal that's going to take some hard work and some change. Okay. Funny you asked that because I just did a whole video on that the other day. A couple things I do. First of all, I have the client look at the situation, the holiday, the barbecue, party, whatever they're going to. What are you going there for? Well, you're going there to enjoy family, friends, the event. You're not going there for the food or drink. That shouldn't be why you go. You're not going to say, oh, I can't wait to go there and get drunk or eat like an asshole. You know, that's not the point. You're going there to enjoy family, friends, go to the beach, vacation. So keep that in mind when you go there. It's not about the food. The food's a benefit, but that's not why you're there. Go there and enjoy the people. Okay. The food is great. Second thing I would say is, so the first thing was just don't make it about the food. The other thing is don't make every day an event, a special event every day, every week. There's holidays, there's anniversaries, there's birthdays, there's your kids' soccer tournament, whatever it is. We have these things throughout every year. We all have them, maybe one a month, maybe two a month. But in the whole scheme of things, this shouldn't be your everyday life. Every day can't be a celebration. And then the third thing I would say, so keep it in moderation. Don't make every day like Wednesday night. Oh, great. Let's have some wine. It's Wednesday. That can't be a thing if you're trying to lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. So the other thing is I would plan it. Think about these things. You don't end up somewhere saying, whoopsie, I ended up at a barbecue. Now I have to eat and drink. No, you know, these things are coming. So just plan it and let's plan it with your coach. Let's work toward that and say, oh, I have this thing coming up. How can we work through it? How can we come up with a plan to where you can still go and enjoy it and still meet your goals? Because you shouldn't go there with guilt. You shouldn't go say, oh, I just ate and drank some things I shouldn't. Or let's take that as an untracked meal. There's nothing wrong with one untracked meal in a week. One untracked meal out of the whole week will not blow your plan and your goals. Yeah, one untracked planned meal, like you're saying, right? <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to <laughs> eat like it's your last meal on earth. Because <laughs> you don't oh, want to really make yourself that. sick, too. But <laughs> yeah, just don't go starving. Things that I do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another point is eat before you go. I'm the queen yeah. of that. I'll be sitting in the car and we might be going to an event um, where there's going to be food. And I'm eating food in the car on the way there. And my husband's like, you're crazy, but I'm over there eating my protein bar or my turkey wrap or whatever it is, because I I love that there (laughs) and I'm starving. And then I want to eat everything inside. Also, one more tip. I'm sorry. I have a lot of tips on this. Don't sit near the buffet. Get a a plate, put food on a plate and go sit down and eat what's on your plate. Don't sit there and graze. Because if you sit there and you're going to talk to your friends and you're at the buffet, you're just going to sit and eat all night. Yeah. Get a plate and that's what you're going to eat. And then if you want more, you, you're forced to go back and get more food. Yeah, no, those are awesome tips. I, I like the second one you mentioned. I don't hear that talked about a lot. The fact that um, we always say, well, you're going out for the weekend, so you need to plan. But 
why does the weekend every day, every week have to be this special thing? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you could have a routine weekend, hang out at yes. home or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but a phrase idea, I like yeah. to use with a client is, uh, don't let it, don't let your weekend be your weekend. We, oh, W-E-A-K. Nice. Don't let your weekend be your week end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's good. Cool. Clever. That's, that's a good one. All right, cool. So let's that that's a great point to move to the next uh, next victim here, uh, Aaron. Um, so and we've all got it. We've got it. We've got the screens ordered and everything. So if people are on video, they know who's next or watching the video. Aaron, uh, you're you're in the endurance endurance and ultra realm, which is not something I'm familiar with at all. I've I've run in my life, and I once trained for a half marathon, and that's as far as I got was training for it. <laughs> you know except for a few obstacle course races but i do have a lot of respect for something like an ultra marathon because of its scope and ambition and the amount of training you have to do you know it's not just distance um it's a massive amount of distance and all sorts of um planning that goes behind that so what is involved in training for an ultra is it just lots and lots of cardio or is there more to it than that um Definitely more to it than that, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there is lots and lots of cardio. So, for example, if you're if you know you're going to do a run and you're going to be on your feet for twelve to thirty six hours, there's no there's no compromise. You have to condition your body. You have to condition your ankles and your feet and your back and everything. And the only way to do that is to train on the terrain that you're going to be, you know, uh, racing on. Um, so yes, you definitely. You can't get away from the fact that you need to spend a lot of time on feet, uh, doing the running, doing the cardio. Um, but <clears throat> I think a lot of traditional training plans, they overlook the importance of strength training as well. Um, mm. So I know <clears throat> look, looking at my, my history when I did um, a 100K back in 2019, I definitely overlooked the uh, strength training. And when mm. I finished um, – a month or two later, I hadn't uh, stopped training so much, and my body was just broken because all I'd done, all I'd done was um, sorry, my alarm's going off. Tell me to wake up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good all I'd done was yeah, um, was, was the thing, and, and I just I hadn't really worried about bulletproofing my body and getting that structure super strong. Um, so yeah, it definitely, it definitely made me reflect and train differently, uh, moving forward. Uh, so core work, um, anything that helps you get up those hills faster, but also say bulletproofs the body is, uh, is definitely necessary. And you mentioned, I like, I like how you mentioned, um, the, I guess the specificity of training, right? Training within the terrain, but also strengthening, uh, extremities and joints and in areas like maybe your calf muscles, your ankles and things is that, does that come with the, the training itself on the terrain or is that, do you also do special strength training movements for those, you know, isolation areas for those joint areas? Um, yeah, look, I really like unilateral training, anything that, because some people, a lot of people recommend, okay, well you do, do your lunges, do your, well do your squats and your, your deadlifts, you know, improve your glutes. On the trail, when you're running, you're never stood on two feet. Um, so I really okay. like any stability right. work, anything that's unilateral, um, quite explosive training. So you're going from left to right. Um, yeah, anything that gets you to jump. But then also <clears throat> it's it's important then just to think full body, anything that's uh, rather than isolation. I think that uh, and if, if you are 
limited for time, you're better off doing full body work and and um, unilateral stuff. Cool. Yeah. So like bilateral stuff might be focusing on the hamstrings, focusing on the uh, the the quads and the the calves, right? But unilateral might be what step ups and lunges and uh, what yeah, what are your favorite movements? Fo- yeah. Uh, so yeah, certainly f- f- focusing on the same muscle groups, but rather than doing as you say a deadlift, um, doing a single leg deadlift. So you're holding mm-hmm. a weight on one side. Um, same with your um, same with your squat. So if you hold a heavy kettlebell in your left hand and do a squat it's all about that stability and getting your you know um, looking for any weaknesses and then yeah really focusing finding those weaknesses and, and focusing on uh improving those things because nice. when you're fatigued as i say if you've been on the trail for 10 hours and you've still got another two or three hours to go uh you can bet that those weaknesses will will definitely sneak up and, and make you wish it. I got tired of it by thinking about it. There you go. I bet. <laughs> it sounds I bet. intense and kind of fun. It's definitely, um, it's a mental game. And I think this is what drives a lot of people to the trail running, especially the endurance efforts, because you're not, most people aren't trying to break any records. You have some crazy elites and they're doing these things like, a, a yeah, just incredible sort of times. But the vast majority of people, like the age group, like the highest performing age group, typically for these runs are 40 plus, like 40 to 50. Wow. Um, because it's a lot of people are uh, ex athletes and they've done the explosive stuff, but now they realize that they can slow everything down hmm. and they're just competing against the self. Uh, because, yeah, it's, it's that mind, ga- mind game of knowing that you've just got to push on, planning every step, planning. You know, what you have at the next checkpoint, how much water you're going to drink, how much food you're going to drink. What, what are you going to do when your body starts saying you probably shouldn't push any, on anymore? Like, how do you control your thoughts? So, yeah, there's a lot more to it than cardio, cardio, cardio. Nice. So you're obviously the expert in this, and we're going to come back to that because I want to cover some other things like like you mentioned, fueling and nutrition, and also um, maybe you, met, you alluded to overtraining and some things people can consider, um, you know, because you're, you're the man to talk to for, about that. So maybe even touch on like what it, what it makes sense for a beginner who's getting into it versus uh, like you mentioned, some of these ex-athletes. So I want to move on to, thanks, man. Thanks, Aaron. I want to move on to uh, Michelle, the other Michelle, Michelle Clark. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Catching my breath after all this this marathon talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it can be intimidating. You know, I talk about lifting weights as being this amazing thing, and it's just in reality, I don't want to be doing that <laughs> with what Aaron's doing. <laughs> um, so now talk about, we're going to get into mindset again, which is a common recurring theme when it comes to anybody who's listening, who's trying to improve their health, improve their fitness. Your big focus is on consistency more than intensity or quantity volume tell us about your approach to celebrating the small wins so so yeah i am you're right i am big on like doing it right i always say that uh done will always will always be better than perfect or not done right so what i what i try to uh coach my clients on is on just doing it you know just get yourself started don't overthink it. Don't, you know, don't, don't worry about um, how long it's going to take, not only in terms of what they're doing, like the exercise itself, but also how long it's going to take for them to achieve their goals. 
uh, don't worry how well you're going to perform, you know, um, intensity, none of that. Because um, I think that the majority of people, based on my experience, and actually I'm speaking from my own experience, not only the people that I work with, but also my own experience. I think that when we overthink and try to plan too much, although planning is very, very important, but I think that the first step is just getting started and creating that consistency, right? So uh, again, what I try to tell them is like, okay, you need to start walking more, right? We need to start increasing the amount of steps you take daily. So we're going to start with five minutes. You just have to go. You just get your sneakers on and just, you know, just go. Don't worry if it's going to take five minutes because what I what I see is like sometimes we won't do it. Uh, they won't do it because it's like, oh, I don't have an hour to go for a walk, right, or to get on the treadmill. But you don't need an hour. You just need to create the consistency because if you go five minutes, you're going to see that you're going to end up doing it for 10 you know, uh, you're going to do it for 15, for 20. And if you really don't have the time, that's okay. You still go for only the five, 10 minutes that you have and um, and work on the consistency. And then we're going to worry about the time. So that's uh, what I do when it comes to moving more, right? Um, and the same goes for food. I always tell my clients to focus on the next meal, right? So like the meal that's that, that you're going to have next. So if you wake up in the morning, you f- your focus has to be, you have to be focused on your breakfast. Do the best you can with your breakfast, right? I was going to say, don't worry about your lunch, but you do have to worry about it because there is some, uh, so we know that planning is needed, right? You can't just, it, it can you know, the clock can't hit 12, uh, 12 o'clock and you're like, oh shit, what am I going to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So we do need planning, but I, I, um, I take more the approach of taking baby steps, right? Mm -hmm. So focus on breakfast, do a good job with breakfast and celebrate that. Celebrate the fact that you had your protein, right? That you didn't loaded yourself up with refined sugar or, you know, simple carbs. Do that. Get that out of the way. And then you think of lunch, right? And so on. And your snacks and all that. Um, and, and I and I find that that really works, you know, when and I tell them and if you struggle, if it's, it, you know, if it's like 10 o'clock and you're already struggling, I so I don't know if that's a good thing, but I, I have I, I I'm very easily accessible to my clients so they can reach out to me and be like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do for lunch. And I'm like, OK, all right, take a deep breath and let's get that, you know, let's. Let's focus on that. Don't worry. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner. I'm like, wait, but what did you do for lunch? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, I mean, everything you're saying, it's it's funny. You mentioned planning is important, but also taking action is important, right? Because we do, you, you know, as exactly. coaches, you would love to have this grand plan for the next six months where everything's mapped out and your workouts are mapped out and everything, but that's not reality. And right. like you said, if if that gives opens the door to excuses, which is things that we're talking about here when people say, well, I, I don't have running shoes and I can't take an hour and I can't do this and right. I can't do that. It's like, well, you can take five minutes. Like that is a fact you can take. Right. Five so how do you, what's practically, how do you do that? Or how would somebody listening do that? Right. Cause it's, it's that initial momentum. I think that, right. that, that initial motivation, we call it that, that eventually you don't require the motivation. Right. How does somebody do that. To me, it's more like doing it, not debating, not trying to negotiate <laughs> okay. with yourself. I feel like every time I try to negotiate with myself, it goes 
badly. <laughs> it doesn't go well, you know. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm going to speak my, by my own experience. Um, as all of you now know, I'm expecting. So um, I, I am now almost, um, I'm 14 weeks now. But what I was going to say is that the first, the first trimester was very challenging for me. And I'm very active. I've been very active and I have kept a very uh, well-balanced diet for the past 12 years, I think. And um, and then all of a sudden I'm feeling nauseous and ca- I cannot work out or eat the foods, the amount that I'm used to eat, right? And that hit me really hard because I, I had control <laughs> over, over everything, a lot of planning, you know, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, okay. You know, here I here I go. Here I am. I, what am I supposed to do now that I no longer have control? Um, luckily, it's going away, so things are getting <laughs> are getting mm-hmm. better now. But to answer your question, what I what I have been doing, what I did while I was feeling very you know nauseated, and what I'm starting to do now, I don't think about it. You know, I'm like, okay, I don't have an hour to 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 go lift weight. I can't lift yet because I'm not quite there yet. I'm still not a hundred percent in terms of how I feel, but I'm like, okay, what is it that I can do? And I don't think about it. I literally just put my sneakers on and I, I go for a walk. And sometimes I, I'm able to go for 20 minutes. Sometimes I, I end up doing it for an hour and a half, you know, but I don't negotiate because the reality is if I do, I'll be like, well, but wait, but remember you're pregnant, you're not feeling so great. Oh, you go later, you go tomorrow. And and I find that most of the people that I work with struggle with that you know Mm -hmm. so don't do focus on on the task at hand like just do it obviously now for like people that work full-time for instance you have to have some sort of planning right you can't just up and go you have to so so that what i tell them is like okay oh I, i i leave the house too early or i come home too late right and then i have husband kids whatever uh, what I tell them is, what can you do? Can you do it at lunch? How, how, how long is your lunch break? Oh, I have an hour lunch. Okay, great. How long does it take for you to eat? Oh, it takes me 15 minutes. Okay, so what do you do with the next 45 minutes that you have, right? And um, and that's when they start to, I, I swear to you, the I light worked. Light bulb goes with, off, right? <laughs> exactly. I worked with this, yeah. with this one girl who was doing phenomenal. And she tried to convince me that she had no time. I have no time. And then I started to ask her all these questions and she's like, hmm, okay, yeah, but I wouldn't have time to do this and that and I can't go to, she doesn't work from home. And she was like, well, but I can't, you know, I can't really go to a gym now. I can't afford that. I'm like, okay, let's focus on what you can do, not what you cannot do, right? Turns out that she started to walk around in town. She works downtown. So she would eat her lunch and then she was she would go for walks and, you know, she found herself walking for 40 minutes when she thought she had no time. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I like she, to, me, yeah. Go ahead. Elaine. I was just going to add, I like to ask people or at least look at their schedule and see where are the pockets of time. <laughs> exactly. And even if it's 10 minutes, everybody has 10 minutes somewhere. So, yeah. And you probably are spending time on things that you could substitute for other things right. <laughs> and haven't quite realized it yet. <laughs> And Philip, I don't think I, I, I spoke so much and I don't think I actually answered your question. You talked about celebrating small wins. And then what I tell them is once you do that, even if it's only five minutes, you celebrate that. You know, you give yourself a little tap in the, in, in the, on the back and you say, good job, you did it. 
You know, five minutes is, is always going to be better than, than, um, than zero. One good meal a day, a complete meal, you know, with all your macros, pro- protein, good carbs, vegetables, will always be better than zero good meals, right? So I, yeah. I encourage them to celebrate all the little tiny wins. I agree that's super important because I've seen clients in our check-in early on that I ask them their wins and they're like, I didn't have any wins this week. And then I'm like, okay, that opens the door to some really good. good I love it. I love it. <laughs> I might have, I might have to show you your wins because you probably have 10 right in your data or your check-in. Right. Um, but it's that shift in mindset and add that to there to help with, to support them with. So maybe the person listen, people listening, if you struggle with that, will hear what Michelle's saying that there wins every day. They, they could be the smallest thing. Like you got up, you're breathing, and you're walking around and enjoying the planet. I mean, right. it could be anything, right? All right, so this is really good stuff. We're getting deep. Um, let's let's go, John or JC's been chomping at the bit, right? Uh, last yeah. on the list, but but not least. And Don't know if I was making more nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, what happened to your fireplace there? You got too hot, huh? I know it's cold out, man. Yeah, all right. So. I'm really glad you came on because your focus is is very different in some ways from from us. You know, um, yeah. it's much more toward longevity. Uh, sometimes we like to split our goals into things like physique or body composition goals versus, say, performance versus longevity. Right, living a long life and being optimally healthy and not necessarily chasing some of those other things all the time. And I can always count on you to teach me something I've never heard before because <laughs> I'm in your. Uh, your group chat where you share all this interesting stuff. What's what's your personal routine? Because I want to start there so that people understand how you live your life, right? Mm-hmm. And so we know that you walk the walk, and then you know later on we can get into some hacking uh, concepts. Personal oh, routine for your your health and longevity. Personal routine. Let's see, I could probably go with my my daily routine. So my daily routine would be. Um, well, my general routine. General routines more you know minimize stress and focus on sleep and family time and move and do a bit of stretching and stuff. But my daily routine, I would say, sorry, I'm sitting on the floor here. I'm seeing you, Elaine, you're moving about too. I'm sitting on the floor. Trying to bounce about. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, in the morning, I usually start off in the morning, cold shower, a cold shower in the morning, wakes you straight up. There's a, a process called autophagy happens as well when you're going to cold shower. So it kind of, I don't know if you know that you know about that, but it's um, the process of autophagy is your cells in your body. So when you go for a cold shower, you get cold and hot therapy and stuff too. And uh, the cold shower, basically, with the autophagy, it eliminates all the bad cells in your body and it recycles all the all the cells that are kind of can still, there's still something in them, you know, but uh, just renews all your cells. So first thing in the morning, cold shower. I'm getting my kids into cold showers too. That's good fun. Oh, you should try that. Especially in the Scottish winter. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, we try and do some some grounding in the morning. Now grounding is a lot easier in the summertime, and just now it's not very. You know, you don't really fancy get outside and minus two. You know, the last. <laughs> well, explain what grounding is for after, people, right? After a cold shower, uh, mind you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, well, grounding is basically just getting outside in your bare feet and standing on the grass. If you can get in the sand or somewhere good. I was gutted to find out that if you stand on the tar, because I'd be at work, because my day job is an electrician. So it'll be lunchtime, we sat in the van, nice day, outside, bare feet, looking like a total idiot to people that don't know me or know what grounding is. 
And I was I was doing it for ages for the whole year. <laughs> and then I looked up and apparently you can't ground on tar. I'm gutted. <laughs> oh yeah. I bet. Yeah, you because because it's gonna scorch your feet off. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. grounding, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're grounding basically the earth's full of different energies and it basically it kind of recharges you. And we're never taught this and we don't know this, but I've looked at quite a few studies and a few scientists talking about it. And uh, but yeah, if anyone's interested in grinding, look into it. But that's why I'm the middleman, you see, because I know a lot, of, a lot of stuff, a little about a lot, but not a lot about a little, you know. <laughs> so, yes. but, but yeah, but grinding's really good. Um, in the mortar, I always, I always hydrate in the morning, so I usually have probably between 500 and 750 ml of water. So we have a, a filter process in our house. Our whole, all our, all our water in the house is uh, filtered as it comes in our top water. Um, and I've also got a reverse osmosis machine, so all my water for the day I've put in my uh, stainless steel bottles, no BPAs. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I have that in the morning. I have my vitamin C, so I try and have vitamin C three times a day, uh, ascorbic acid, so that just boosts mm-hmm. the immune system. Um, what else do I do? Just try to think. I've obviously got all my meals, like you're saying, your macros, your proteins, prioritize proteins. Hey, um, Jason, I try what, your, your vitamin C, how much do you take? How many, uh, how many teaspoons? Uh, probably about half a teaspoon, if I'm honest, about half a teaspoon or just a good pinch. Three times a day? About three times a day, yeah, yeah. And that keeps the immune system, um, keeps it going, yeah, keeps it good, yeah. Um, Through the day, other supplements I do, I'll try and do some fish oils, some krill oil or something like that. Depends because it's quite expensive for the good stuff. Um, And I'll also do, I'll always do my, um, sorry, my mind's just absolutely, magnesium, yeah. My magnesium's good, so you need magnesium, yeah. I've, I've actually read some really cool studies and um, there's a guy, um, Clive Carl. He's a really cool guy. He had the like, chronic um, joint pain and stuff at 30, and he was in hospital and tried to give him all this medicines anyway. Your man, basically, long long story short, he cured himself with magnesium. High doses of magnesium sorted out. It's incredible, incredible. Some of the stuff, you know, um, it is. And, and, and just just to take a pause on magnesium, like my wife had massive migraines for years, and she started taking more magnesium, and and they either have gone away or significantly mitigated. And other people have had sleep issues and take it at bedtime and helps them with yeah. sleep. So you're right. It's pretty yeah. great mineral yeah. that we're yep. lacking. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big component to magnesium too. I think I think we can all agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Certainly with the ultra running. Um, yeah, we don't agree with that. everything else, JC, but the magnesium, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know, it's I funny. because the magnesium, yeah. not the cold showers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the stuff you're saying, I've heard, you're right. Even cold showers, there's definitely plenty of studies that say there's there's good stuff there, like saunas yeah. and other. Uh, so here's the thing. I actually do want to ask you this follow-up question because just like what the our conventional nutrition folks cover can be overwhelming for people at first, right? It's like, oh, I have to only do these 15 different things to have a good, healthy life. Um, similar with your stuff, you know, I even think that, like, I'm, am I going to do cold showers? Am I going to do this and that and the other? What's, like, the w- top one or two things that somebody would focus on and want to prioritize? Sleep. Sleep all day. Sleep and okay. stress. That's the two. Uh, the, the, my kind of system that I'm trying to put together just now is, like, a jigsaw. Imagine a big jigsaw. And our health is that jigsaw. <clears throat> but the jigsaw is not like any other jigsaw that's got small parts that all come together. There's big parts and there's small parts. And you need them all for optimal health. And like you said... It's funny you said two because it's always the two for me is stress, sleep. That's yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's and that's the one that always gets like uh, short shrift, right? When we talk, okay, yeah. you need training, you need walking, you need food, and by the way, you need stress and sleep. Like, not that we all 
necessarily message it that way, but I think it's often received that way, at least in my opinion. Um, and even today, sleep is something I struggle with, and I know I should prioritize it more than I do because it's going to help everything else. Yeah. So cool. All right, yeah, we're going to come. Yeah. Sorry, I think Elaine nailed it earlier on as well. She said about the pressures for women nowadays, you know, to be a size zero and stuff. I think there's a pressure for everybody. I think there's a pressure for you to make more money and, you know, work more hours. And there's pressures from all ends. So I think on that basis, sleep kind of does take a backseat. And stress is obviously heightened because you're spending less time with your family. I mean, we're here to live. You know, you, you work to live, not live to work. And, and, and the world's changing a lot. I mean, if you look like 40, 50 years ago, um, not in a, a chauvinist way, but I'd say like a man would work and a woman would stay home. Not in that at all. But I mean, like one parent would work and one parent would look after the children. And mm-hmm. that one parent could afford everything. You know, they could afford holidays. You, you had a good lifestyle. But nowadays, our kids are all shunned off to babysitters and whatnot. And we're not living enough, you know. And I think that's that's a major problem today. But that's that's another story, you know. <laughs> True. Yeah. I bet you resonate with a lot of people who are listening to it. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's cha- it's a matter of change. I mean, yeah. sleep, stress, uh, we all have a lot of stress, especially us. We're, we're probably somewhat edging on workaholics um, <laughs> as coaches, right? But sleep is a huge mitigator of that. I know when I have like an extra half hour of sleep and I get up in the morning, I'm ready for the next half day to get stuff done, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a mitigator. So, all right, really cool. I, I see we're, we're really filling in the time well here, and I want to get back to some other topics. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, we're going to, maybe in the future, we'll peel off and have a couple, couple at a time, you know, this is great. So I guess back to Elaine, um, we want, let's talk, we, we've touched on nutrition a little bit. You're a personal trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also obtaining your nutrition coaching cert. Why is nutrition important to you and your clients? You know, how, how do you help them achieve their goals there and kind of the merging between personal training and nutrition? Oh, God, that's a good question. Because sometimes it's really hard, you know, when I'm trained or I'm hired as just a personal trainer, and we're talking food. And like, I have this one client, and she fasts all day. Mm. She And then dinner time it's game on. And I looked at her and I was like, how long have you been doing this? And she was like, mm, several years, like five, oh. six years. I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, I was just kind of (laughs) shocked. Like, I mean, and I said, well, I mean, studies show that's actually really not very supportive for your metabolism. And if you're hiring me to personal train you, her goal, you know, everybody has their goals and her goal was to have runner's legs without running. Um, And so I just said, you know, if we're going to be going through this process, I need you to understand that you're going to have to have some form of energy when you come into, um, into training with me. Um, so if you're going to train like an athlete, you also have to eat like an athlete. So you have to have things for recovery. You have to have foods for energy. And you have to also think about like, if you are a woman or even a man, you have hormones that play into effect as to how um, conditioning is going to affect and nutrition is going to affect all that. So it, um, I don't try to ever cross the line unless it's being asked. If someone wants to directly ask me, I will directly answer. Um, if they are hiring me for both, um, I do have one client that um, she is, um, she works with my husband for personal training, but then I train her nutritionally. And so there are times where I will like, this is kind of a funny thing, but I remember going to my husband and I'm like, okay, so, um, I'm going to call her Mary. 
Mary. Mary is um, starting her cut, so I need you to back off on some of her um, her cardio type. Mm-hmm. I don't want you putting her under too much stress. Like keep pushing the weight, but please take away some of the some of the added stuff, right? And he didn't he didn't listen to me. <laughs> he, for, he forgot. <laughs> and so a few weeks later, a few weeks later, I'm checking in with her. I'm like, "How are things going?" She's like, oh, "I was so tired, and, uh, uh, and I just don't have any energy." And I'm just, and I'm just like, well, "What's going on?" <laughs> so I, I pulled him aside. I was like, "Why didn't you?" You know. And I just kind of so it's kind of the fun part about training with my husband and having that duality, I guess. Um, when he's he's got one we have the same client, but we're meeting their needs differently. And that's where communication is huge when it comes to training a client, both in the gym and in nutrition. Um, I find it's probably easier to do both. If you have, like, if you have a client and you're able to program both things for them, it's probably a lot easier than, um, or at least knowing what their training program is going to look like, which in this situation, I wasn't, I had, yeah, no, I, I had communicated. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, right? Because a lot of there's personal trainers and nutrition coaches, you don't often see it packaged together, but but you do. And I know in my case I'm not a personal trainer, so it's like the opposite. And I can't control what they're doing with their training. <laughs> so I try to coach them on that as best I can, but um that that's cool. So um maybe Mo, let's let's go into nutrition a bit. You talked about some other um hacks or or practices, I should say, I don't want to call them hacks, practices like setting up your environment for success, right? Or, and tracking your food, things like that. How important are, are doing those things, setting up your environment, um, for, from a planning purpose and also the tracking food? I would say they're very important. I would love to hear what others think after I say why it's important, but first of all, setting up your environment. If you don't, if you If you have weight you want to lose and you've tried everything and you haven't had the success you want, it might be time to change your environment. What I mean by that is change. You may have to change who you hang around with. Hmm. And let's go back to the social things you asked me about. You may have to say no to girls brunch every Sunday or whatever that looks like for, for you. Maybe that can't work for a time. And I guess I think of clients I've had in the past where maybe they go to their parents' house every week for, for a dinner, Sunday dinner, their parents aren't on board with their weight loss. So they don't make foods that they can eat. Well, Hang on. Sorry. Something just popped up on my screen. Oh, um, that was mean. <laughs> oh, hang on. It keeps popping up. Hang on. Um, I, I couldn't see anything for a second. Um, I was like, no, I heard the dog barking. And I was so, like, me. <laughs> um, so what, what that looks like is sometimes you may just have to say to your friends, family, look, this is something I'm doing for me and for my health. And this is important to me right now. So I need you to support me. I need you to be on board when I have to say no to the extra drink or when I can't go out to have wine night with you or when I can't go out to eat three days a week, I can only go out one day a week. That goes for your spouse too. So it's kind of, I liken it to somebody who, let's say somebody has alcohol issue in their past and they're trying to overcome that. Let's say they're sober now. They can't go hang out at bars. That's just not a good place Mm -hmm. for them to go. 
Same when it comes to your weight loss and your food, you have to surround yourself with a positive environment and people that will support you. And you have to set yourself up for success with your with with the food you buy, the food you prep and plan, and where you hang out and what you choose to do. Now, that might just be for a short time during, say, a weight loss or fat loss phase. And those things may be, may come back in the mix. I always mm-hmm. like to say that up front and say, okay, this might just be for a short time where you have to say no to some things. Let's get in a diet and get out as fast as we can. So that time is not prolonged. Mm -hmm. Once we're done, we can add those back in. But that's kind of what I mean by set yourself up for success. It's it's going to be really hard if you have a spouse who's not on board. That's the biggest one is let's make sure your spouse is on board with this or whoever you live with. Because if you're the one cooking food, It can be done. I have clients who they're in charge of, they have to cook food for their spouse, their kids, their grandkids, whoever else lives with them, but yet they can still stay on track. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it goes back to the first thing you asked Elaine about mindset is you have to make that mindset shift of I'm going to do this for me. This is important Mm -hmm. for me right now for my health. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I want to make a distinction with people between, restricting or abstaining from what what you talked about, which is understanding your own personal triggers or your own personal things that tempt you or whatever the phrase you want to use and just taking control in advance and being proactive with your environment. It's not saying, no, I can't do this. No, I can't that, do that. It's just making the, the giving you a, a easier path to avoiding those things and setting guidelines for yourself. So I'm sure, sure we could all agree with that. So thanks, Mo. These are, these are awesome tips. And I like that you talked about people as well as part of your environment because that is super important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, Michelle. I just wanted to quickly add something to, what Michelle, to Michelle's point. Um, I find that it also depends on where people are in, on, in, 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 in their journey, right? Because mm-hmm. um, usually beginners, it's really, really difficult. So I, I personally try to focus more on like trying to teach them on how to um, mitigate the, the damage. Does that make sense? Like, so it's not, you know, even if they they drink, they, they eat more than they should. At least I try to focus on like, okay, here's what you can do to, so it's not too, too bad. Right. So you don't, you don't, um, get off your plan so miserably that you're going to feel like shit afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I find that with people that are a little more advanced, I, I feel that that comes with time, right. You don't need to, like, it's easier because they, they know what to do. They are a little bit better about, about being more selective, Right. I think you guys would agree. I, I have I, I actually have this 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 two, two people that I talked to yesterday, uh, my coaches and one of the girls, she's like way more advanced. You know, she she has seen some amazing results. And so when we were talking about the holidays, she was like, yeah, you know, it was a little challenging and this and that. I had some moments where, you know, I, I ate more dessert or I skipped meals, whatever. But um it was far less than someone else that I had that's a beginner, right? They struggled a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's like, for me, I find it's very, it depends really on where each person is. You have to kind of. Yeah, meet them where they're at. Yeah, meet them where they're at. I agree. That's exactly yeah. what I, I was trying to say. <laughs> I agree. Also, yeah. I think you're right, Michelle. I think some people, a win might look like having pizza one night, but just having one slice. Right. Some yes. people might look like the win is no pizza at all. It, it depends. Yeah. Some people, 
relative. Yeah, absolutely. And it depends on that journey. You're right. How far along are they? What are those things? Some people can have a little bit of a cheat meal and not go overboard. Some can't have any without going off the rails. Absolutely. Exactly. So uh, switching topics again, I know we have, I don't know if anybody has a hard stop in seven minutes. Um, We could always go a little past, but let me know in the chat, but we're going to move back to Aaron. So Aaron, the ultra stuff, um, preparing for an ultra and whatnot, should, do people need to have all their other ducks in a row here that we've been talking about before they do ultra or can they kind of start slow, you know, take baby steps and work toward it, maybe with some sort of smaller race and then, and then use your process, whatever it is, like your, your fueling and training process. I think that's typically, yeah, for that, that's typically what most people would do. They dip the toe in, do a, you know, a few 10K races, um, and then they sit down with coffee with a few other like-minded people and, and something. Actually, my, my journey into an ultra, I was doing a Spartan race. So I was doing a 7K Spartan race with, some, with my wife and a friend. And I just heard these two um, guys talking about doing the ultra. I went, ooh, an ultra. That sounds cool. What's that? <laughs> and that was my inspirational moment to decide to become an ultra runner. <laughs> um, but yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely something that you would build up to. All right. So we're back on the show. We had to edit a little bit of it out. Um, Aaron was talking about ultra races. I think we lost one of our coaches due to a network issue um, because, you know, Scotland internet, maybe not as reliable. We'll see if he comes back. <laughs> and uh, Aaron, you were talking about uh, working your way up uh, to an ultra, you know, what, like what would be the first race? So a guy like me, well, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit fit, but, um, somebody who's maybe not even into fitness at all versus somebody who's fit, where would they start? Yeah. So typically where you would start is you would pick the race. If if you want to be an ultra, typically it's a 50 K to start with for an ultra. Uh, I'm not, sorry. I'm not sure what that is in miles. I've been in Australia too long. Um, it's long, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's long. Yeah. Yeah. So typically a 50 K is your first ultra. So if you were to have that on your radar, um, you would pick the race and typically I'd, I'd say don't travel too far. If you've got one local, pick that one and then have a, depending on your start point, have a good amount of time up to that race and then, you know, do uh, a couple of races in between. So do a half marathon, um, build your training plan around it, um, but definitely have at least a half marathon, maybe a marathon, like an easier uh, marathon in between um, so that you can experience that race situation and all the nerves and all the planning and, and really get a good idea of, of everything that goes into it. And then you'll learn so much every time. You learn about yourself and your nutrition plan sure. and your training plan. Every time you do one. That, and that's races. a good point, right? Just committing to it, kind of like Michelle talks about, just taking the first step. But that's a you know a decent step for somebody to go, okay, I'm going to sign up for a, you said 50K, which looks like 31 mile run, which is a little bit more than a marathon. But at least you now are forced to figure all this stuff out. Where um, So that they get a little bit of a leg ahead. What about the fueling strategy you know, for food? Because to me, that would be the, the biggest area of uncertainty is how do I prepare maybe in the, the weeks, days leading up, and then the event itself. Just very basics. What what should people consider? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's often overlooked. I think a lot of people, um, there's a bit of a distinction between overtraining and underfueling uh, for ultra runners, even seasoned runners um, make the mistakes. Uh, and they take, quite often they won't be eating enough. But in those, specifically in those um, 
days leading up to the thing, you, you're already consuming, you should already be consuming a high amount of carbohydrates, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, protein to support, um, and obviously enough fat just to you know, manage out the calorie totals. Um, carb you, loading, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be losing weight leading up to a race. You shouldn't be losing point, weight, right? yeah, I guess. You definitely should be maintaining the uh, enough to, not to be losing weight. And if you, you, change, you, you see changes in people's faces all the time when they're upping towards doing uh, these longer distances, and it's, uh, it's definitely affecting the performance. Hmm. But um, you, there is an element of carb loading, but what most people do before a race is they'll have a um, like a, a, a cool off period. They'll they'll uh, taper, um, so the actual output mm. is is dropping anyway. So that that calorie main, maintain maintenance uh, is yeah quite often enough. So, but most people, a lot of people, twenty four hours before the race, they'll have a, a very high carb meal. Um, lots of people go with pasta. Uh, whatever you're used to, in my opinion. Awesome. Um, Michelle, so we're going to go slightly past our own allotted time. The people listening love it. They love these epic hour and a half, two, three hours. We'll just go three hours. No, it won't be much longer. I'm going to hit up Michelle and JC with one more question each, um, and then we'll wrap it up. So, Michelle, we talked about the big, the small wins. We talked about the, like, doing something is better than doing nothing. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is part of your mission is to help women peacefully achieve and sustain their fitness goals. So in today's, as we know from JC, stressful world, uh, how do you get centered and find that peace? I think knowledge. I think knowledge is freedom, right? So I really try to focus on teaching my clients. Um, uh, well, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I try to uh, help them understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. So I'm very big on on uh, sharing knowledge with them, right? So here's why you should start your day with protein. Um, you know, here's why you have to move more. Here's why you need to prioritize sleep. Because I think that, well, it's not even I think. This is what I've been seeing working with people, right? Um, they become more compliant, once they understand what they're doing so and, and and that to me is is you know in some ways peaceful because it's you know you know what you're doing and once you learn you're also able to um to draw out your own uh strategies right to again to michelle's point um i'm very big on like okay you understand why you know why and what and why you're doing this so like if you're going to so in brazil as you guys probably know we're big on on what we call churrasco which is like a barbecue so it's like red meat where we grill uh red meat so we have this thing where the meat goes around so i i would assume that you guys are yes, familiar with, with what i'm talking about i gotta get so, some protein right now <laughs> <laughs> So that's very common in Brazil for, for, you know, for people, friends, families to get together and just grill some meat. They will, they'll, they'll greet meat and, they'll, you know, they'll, all, they'll, they'll gather to eat. Um, it's very, very easy to overeat when you do that, right? Because what they do, they'll grill meat and they go around, right? They'll put the, the, the meat, the, the cut up meat that looks extremely delicious on like a... Uh, uh, um, 
like a cutting board, like a nice wood cutting board. And they go around serving people and they love it. You know, like usually someone that's very good at grilling will be doing it and they go around with the meat. So what I tell um, uh, the folks that I work with is make your plate. Again, Michelle has touched on Mm. that, you know, make a plate, get the amount of meat that you know that you're going to eat, that you need, right? That's going to satisfy you. You don't need to eat your face off, you know, get your little portion of salad, your little whatever, rice, whatever they have, potato salad, you know, make your plate, eat your plate, because that will be enough to keep you full. That will be enough, right? So, And then helping them understand why they shouldn't be, you know, peeking on food constantly, like munching away, um, is what I find help them to to uh, be compliant. And and that to me is 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 peaceful. I when I say peacefully helping them, I mean I teach them so they understand and they mm-hmm. and they're able to make their own choices. You know, I love that. Yeah, because the the ignorance leads to stress, uncertainty. And all the other things that are not peaceful, but as you said, the, the awareness and knowledge really opens up that door and liberates you. Um, so I love that. So yeah, thank you, and Michelle. Most of yeah. Us, yeah, I was just going to say we underestimate the amount of calories in what we eat, right? Oh, so yeah, that you have a little bite of something and you think, okay, this is nothing. This is this is not gonna hurt me. But then, you know, 30 days <clears> we'll check in, whatever, do the photos after 30 days, and they're super frustrated, they don't understand what happened. Mm-hmm. I did everything right. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is, and their coach can can question them on it. So that's the thing. <laughs> um, I think I think the studies show like we underestimate by fifty percent, um, and that even professionals, dietitians, nutrition coaches, yeah. nutritionists, even they underestimate by twenty to thirty. So it's crazy. Wow. Um, all right, so JC, well, let's go with the last thing here. I, I just want to let you tell us like one or two things on your mind that maybe you've been learning lately or we should know, maybe something accessible to people. And I say it that way because again, cold showers, I don't know that everybody would want to jump into that right away, but it's a great, great thing to do is, you know, something that you've been learning that you think is, can make an impact on people that is somewhat accessible in, in your space. Well, well, I'm always learning, always learning different things yeah. and shopping and changing. And then you go online and you hear one thing and all that, but just now, I mean, we, you know, in our course, you talk about macros and we're like, we'll be talking about stress and we talk about sleep. We've got all these different factors. We're working out muscle mass, stretching, etc. And I think you can do all those things, but there's also external things out with that that people don't even think of. So I kind of like to look at things that are a bit different. And just now, and my main focus just now, I've been, I've started a, a book by Dr. Merkla. It's called EMF. And there's another guy I follow, Ben Greenfield. He's in his biohacking and he talks a lot about EMFs, and you probably hear about me on the on the group chat talking about EMFs. And a lot of people don't know about EMFs, and it's um, it's all your 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 electric fields that are around you. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be your your Wi-Fi or whether it be your telly, and and whether it be it's crazy. You know, dirty electricity. So you could be next to a light fitting and not even realize you're soaking up these these EMFs. And I suppose people will be wondering, well, what's that? What's why is that relative to health? But that causes a lot of inflammation and. Depending, your body can only process a certain amount. And for years and years and years, it was okay. People, we could we could absorb it, we could get rid of it, and it was fine. Causes a lot of free radicals as well, which can cause anxiety and cause fatigue, low libido. And we, you know, us as coaches, we can work through all the different processes that we know. But there's this other things that could, and you might think, what's wrong with them? You know. So this has been my focus lately, anyway. Uh, EMFs. I got myself an EMF meter because it's one thing seeing videos and reading books, but sometimes you really need to know it for yourself. So, yeah, I've been going around with my meter around the house and 
try to figure yeah. out what's, what's good and what's bad. So I've rewired my house in what's called Cat6 cable for it eventually to have no Wi-Fi. Um, going old school, you know, and uh, right. it's like even my kids when I have when I have a big telly on the wall and they're doing their Xbox and they're jumping about doing their connect, and I'm like, oh, get away from the telly, you're getting fried. <laughs> 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 oh, I can't imagine what the microwave puts out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, horrendous, horrendous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, now we're playing with we've got these five G towers, and we've got yeah. you know smart meters, and we've all these things. So it is something that I mean, everyone should look at. And, and the stuff that I've been reading up, I mean, if you think back to I don't know if it was the forties or whenever when when doctors were, were on adverts going, yes, smoking is good for you, yes, and <laughs> pregnant women with cigarettes, you know. I mean, sure. I think I think this is going to be the new smoking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always worried about keeping my cell phone in my pocket. You know what I mean. So, yes. you know, yeah, well, it was actually, there's actually something about that. So you used uh, to be able uh-oh. to go on Apple, you used to be able to go, go on Apple and it would actually tell you that you're actually not supposed to have your cell phone within six inches of your body at any one time. But now they've made it really hard for you to find that. But that's the truth. You shouldn't have. And what it does is it causes dark spots in your muscles and stuff. And it actually can stop you from having kids as well. It can destroy fertility. So, Jay, it's so that you say that. I never paid attention to that but since i found out i'm pregnant i am so careful to not have my phone near my belly and that happened like by instinct you know i didn't read anything about it but i used to lay in bed sometimes at night and like i would listen to like a like a whatever like a TED talk a listen to you know wits and weights whatever (laughs) and i'll have my my phone (laughs) on my belly (laughs) philip didn't even hear me i said i did hear you i did hear you (laughs) (laughs) i'm just letting you talk yeah and i'll have my i i used to have my phone like resting on my legs on my belly and now i'm like i don't do it anymore you know because yeah well here's another interesting thing for, for you michelle there's actually been a direct link with you know how autism's on the incline. You know, it used to be like when I was a kid, there was maybe one kid in in your school that had autism, and now you know there's probably three in each class. But there's a direct link between EMF exposure and uh, autism. So, I mean, this has been like a whirlwind conversation with a lot of different topics um, that we covered. Hopefully, the listener, even though it wasn't you know one entire topic, uh, got some great value out of it. That. People listening that you know it resonated with them. Everybody had their own thing. Something may have been uh, more relevant to somebody than others, and we covered a lot. So everybody here is obviously dedicated to helping people transform their lives. That is clear. And you know because we don't want listeners to miss out on connecting with each of you, I want to go around and find out where people can learn about you or and or your work. So I just want to start with Elaine. Um, where can people find you? Um, the best place is to reach out through Facebook and look at Tarbells Barbells in Oskaloosa, Iowa. And you can just send us a message there and reach out um, whether you're looking for a training in person or nutritional needs. That'd be the place to go. Cool. So Facebook, Tarbells Barbells, you could search it or you could just type facebook.com slash Tarbells Barbells and you'll get there. Uh, Michelle Moe, where, where can people find you? Um, I, uh, the best place to find me is on my website, moststronger.com. I'm on Instagram at moststronger. If they go on my Facebook, I'm sorry, <laughs> on my website, they can, um, uh, contact me and I'd be happy to get on a call with anybody to talk about their goals and their needs and see if it's a good fit. Cool. There we go. So moestronger.com. And I think it's a big pink button book con- consultation right on the homepage for a free call. Encourage you to do that. And uh, next up, we have Aaron. Aaron, um, you're giving something away, right? 
Yeah, so um, people can find me. Um, well, I have a, a free guide to uh, training for your first ultra. Um, and, yeah, you can send me an inquiry. Uh, either find me on Facebook as Aaron Cartridge or through ptdistinction.com, Kairos Nutrition AU, uh, all one word, is my, uh, is my platform right now. Awesome. Yep. PTDistinction.com slash Kairos Nutrition AU. Get your train for your first ultra guide. Um, it's epic. It'll get you started. And then Aaron can help you with the details beyond that. Uh, Michelle Clark, where can people reach you? Instagram. So that would be the easiest way. I'm there more than I like to admit. <laughs> Are we all? Whether we like it or not. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I will definitely see it. So um, my Instagram is at me for short for Michelle, am I? Um, Nutri for nutrition. So N U T R I, uh, underline Michelle. There we go, at me, Nutri underscore Michelle with one L. And again, all this yeah. is going to be in the show notes. Don't worry for people listening. Um, thank you, Michelle. People definitely reach out to you on Insta. And then, JC, uh, do we want to share anything at this point? Or are you in the I'm works? A ghost, man. I'm a ghost. No, I'm no, a way in ghost. the wind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say something up. I'll say something up probably on Instagram as well. I'll set up a profile, yeah. So I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, Philip, and you can maybe put it with the podcast or something. Oh, we will. We will. Cause these, these tend to come out like a couple months later. So all good. We'll have time. All right. So I'm going to sh- include everybody's background, every, every coach's background and contact info in the show notes. So you, the listener, the viewer can reach out to them. Uh, especially if any one person really resonates with you and your goals, everyone here can help in some way, you know, not just one-on-one coaching, but just have a conversation, ask a question, go to their Facebook group, um, watch their stuff, whatever it is, you're going to learn a ton. Thanks to my fellow coaches and friends for joining me today. Thanks to the viewers and listening listeners for hanging out with us. And as always, stay strong. Thanks for listening to the show. Before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy the podcast, let me know by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and telling others about the show. Thanks again for joining me, Philip Pape, in this episode of Wits and Weights. I'll see you next time and stay strong. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best. And these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.